Welcome to the Life Boss Podcast, where it's all about real people getting more money, more freedom, and more fun. And now your host, Jason Capital. You are listening to the Life Boss Podcast with Jason Capital, episode number one. Well, hey, and welcome to episode one. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited for this very first ever episode of the Life Boss Podcast. I'm in uh, at my place in Puerto Rico today. It's a rainy day. I'm actually looking outside and it's raining. It's windy outside. It reminded me when I was in college, me and a couple of buddies were going out one night and we're walking to the bars and it started raining. And one of my buddies was like, oh man, it's raining. It sucks. And my other friend, he was like, no nah, man. He's like, rain is the best. He goes, when it's raining, look at all this water coming down around you. It's like the universe has too much water that they're like getting rid of some of it here. It means abundance. It means there's going to be so many girls at the bar tonight. And we started laughing about it. But I love that reframe. It was great. And I thought about it and I was like, well, what if it's not raining? Does that mean there's not abundance? And I was like, no. Like, look at all the oxygen that's here, right? So it's like when it's raining, abundance. And when it's not raining, look at all the oxygen, abundance, right? You're playing a game, you can't lose, which are the best games to play. Anyways, that tangent aside, uh, this is episode one of the Life Boss Podcast. And um, I'm looking to create a lot of episodes and add a lot of value into your life. I'm looking forward um, and I'm hoping that you will be someone who listens to every episode. You come back for every episode, you implement, you action what I'm sharing with you here um, and you use it to you know, make more money, get more freedom, have more fun, dominate life, live life the way that you want to live it. Um, and I'm excited. All right. Well, let's, let's just get right into this first episode. Uh, this one is called why you don't take action. And I'm not attacking you. I'm not like, well, you never take action and it's all your fault. I'm not saying that at all, but for many, many, many people who I talk to, um, on TikTok or on Instagram or in my Money Boss program um, or in my Closer Boss program, uh, a lot of them have trouble taking action consistently. And they also are aware, which is good, that if they took action consistently, they'd be a lot further ahead right now. And um, that's really important. So the first paradigm I want to, the way I think about this is I think of people in two groups of uh, categories, right? People who are batteries installed and people who are Batteries not included, which is much, much worse, obviously. Um, people who are batteries installed are self-starters. They don't need to be wound up, you know, like the rabbit where you pull the string and then it starts moving. Like they do that on their own. They can pull their own string. They can start themselves up. They're always looking to do more to take action there. I'm sure you think about some people you know who you would think of as batteries installed people. Um, and then there's batteries not included people. These are the people who come with no batteries. They need someone to pull that string. They need to get revved up from the outside. They need, they're always waiting for motivation. They're waiting for this. They're waiting for that. And people who are always waiting will always be waiting. It's very obvious. We live in a world where there's no one who's coming to like save you. The government's not going to save you. It doesn't matter who's president. No one's coming to save you. We have to be batteries installed people if we are to succeed. The problem for a lot of us is the school system. And I'm, I'm not one to attack teachers. Um, I attack the school system the way it's structured in general. See, the school system has trained all of us to wait for permission. Do you remember first grade and your bladder was full and you really had to go potty? You had to go pee? Could you get up and go pee? I couldn't. I had to 
raise my hand, wait for the teacher to see me, then call on me, and then ask me what? (laughs) To which I said, can I go to the bathroom? And sometimes the teacher said yes. And other times the teacher said, hold it and wait. The point here is the school system had all kinds of rules like this set up that caused us to have to not take action when we want to, but to wait for someone else to tell us that it's okay, that it's time, that we have permission to take action. Maybe an adult or a teacher told you growing up, do what you're told. Do you ever hear that? I heard that. Do what you're told. Don't read ahead in the textbook. Don't read ahead in the, in the chapters. Wait for your homework assignment. We're always being, we're always being told and trained to wait for permission, which is training us to be batteries, not included people. Then on top of it, we live in a society where most people are not batteries, not included. So we have the social proof bias working against us too. All these people around us, they're not really taking action. They're waiting for someone to, to rev them up, to tell them what they should do. And so if everyone around us is doing it, well, our brains are wired to follow suit. Monkey see, monkey do. And so we end up being a lot of batteries, not included people. Instead of batteries installed people, we don't take the actions that we want on a consistent basis so we don't end up with the life that we want. Now, going further into this, there's something called the emotional cycles of change. There are these two college researchers, I can't remember their name, who created this model and it's a really, really good model, right? And it, I had a video on Instagram we posted a couple last week, I think, um, and it got like 200,000 views on it. And I was really happy it got that many views because it's such an important model and I want more people to know about it. And the emotional cycles of change says that there's five cycles anytime you're trying to change something, like you're trying to start a new business, you're trying to lose weight, go to the gym consistently, whatever it might be. And the first phase is what they call uninformed optimism. This is, oh, that sounds awesome. You know what? I could do that. Right? Think of it like people who are looking to start a business and they're looking at the opportunities available to them on the internet. Maybe they see the opportunity of starting a e-commerce store, a Shopify store. And they see it and they're like, oh, Shopify. Shit, it, you know, I could do that. These pe- I could do that. Right? Uninformed optimism. Then the next phase is called informed pessimism. This is when you actually look deeper. Right? Maybe you bought the course or the training or the mentorship to learn how to start the Shopify store. And you're finding out there's a lot more work involved than you thought there was. And now you're like, wow, this is, this is pretty complex. There's a lot of work here. I don't know if I could do this, right? Informed pessimism. Now, the next phase after that is what they call the valley of despair, right? And I lower my voice because it's the valley of despair. And in the valley of despair, it's the graveyard. It's where most people give up. It's when you reach that bottom point where you're like, you're not even like it's complex. It's hard. I don't know if I can do this. You're like, this is too hard. There's too much work. This is just, I, I, I can't do this. And you give up. Usually very quietly, right? You don't announce to all your friends and family, ah, you guys were right. The Shopify thing was a scam. I give up. It's usually not like that. It's more like very quiet when no one's looking and watching. You just silently close the tab and you try and distract yourself with video games or drinking or porn or whatever. Now, a very small percentage of people, I would say 5%, they know something everyone else doesn't. They know how to push past the valley of despair. And after that, they, they, that 5%, they get to the next phase, the fourth phase, which is called informed optimism, which is, I know this is hard. I know this is challenging, but you know what? 
I can do this. There is no problem bigger than me. I can figure this out. I can fucking do this. And so they do whatever it takes and they get to the final and fifth phase, which is called success. And now they got the business. Now they got the freedom. Now they got the biceps and the six pack, whatever it is. They did it. What about that other 95% who give up in the valley of despair? What happens to them? Mm. Mm. I feel bad for them. I really do. And I want to help them. See, for them, here's what they do. They give up at that valley of despair. And then they try and forget about it. And then a couple weeks later, they see another advertisement. This time to get rich in real estate. And they're like, huh, real estate? You know, my uncle made some money in real estate. I bet, fuck, I know real estate. What's that so hard? You buy a house, you sell. Like, I could... I could do this and they jump into that one. And then next phase, uh, informed pessimism, right? Wow. There's all this deal stuff, contracts, real estate, getting money and that like, this is way harder than I thought it was. And then they go to the Valley despair again with real estate and they give up. And then they, three weeks later, they're like a social media agency. They're like, fuck social media. I'm on Instagram. I could do that. And then the same thing, they just go in the cycle over and over and over of, Uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, valley of despair. Uninformed optimism, informed pessimism, valley of despair. In a cycle, in a circle. And that circle is what we call shiny object syndrome. And they live with shiny object syndrome. Jumping from shiny opportunity to shiny opportunity like a frog hopping from lily pad to lily pad, never planting roots into the ground picking something, right? Planting their flag saying, no, no more hopping around. I'm committing to this. I am seeing it through. I will get past this. And the thing about that 5% of people who get past the valley of despair to informed optimism to success, who actually succeed, the thing about them, more important than the business they got, the six pack they got, whatever it was, is that they've learned the skill of getting past the valley of despair. And that is a much more valuable skill. It's worth a lot more than the business they might have gotten or the six pack they might have gotten. Because once you have the skill, you've internalized how to get past the valley of despair, then you can try anything new, any big endeavor that you want to try that requires you to go through some type of emotional transformation, which by the way, everything does. And you know how to get through it. So you're able to succeed with all of them. You see how powerful this is? You see how important it is to to learn this, right? And part of the problem for most people, like why is it when they get to the valley of despair, they give up? Why does 95% of people give up? Part of it is marketer's fault, right? And I am a marketer. I'm a cold-blooded, capitalistic, flag-toting, proud-as-fuck marketer. I love marketing. I think it's fun. I think it's creative. I think it drives the economy. I'm proud of marketing. I'm proud of I'm proud as fuck to be a marketer. Marketers get a bad rap and they should get a bad rap because there's a lot of people who are marketers who um, lack ethics and integrity, right? I try to be as transparent and authentic as possible. In fact, for most of my students, I will market to them, I will sell them and they will buy and then I will immediately tell them exactly how I did it so that they can do it too. Even when I'm doing it, I tell them what I'm doing. I like being authentic. I like being transparent. I think it's good for business. I think it's good for the brand. Um, And so anyways, though, one of the problems that one of these ideas that marketers, especially in the business opportunity world, have uh, propagated, have spread out there is this is this idea of the one thing. 
right? Everything you want, like go to any webinar. I know you see ads. Everyone's like, watch my webinar, right? Go to any webinar and you will always find that they're always pitching this idea that there's this one thing they figured out. And because they figured out this one thing, their whole life is different. Their whole business is different. They've succeeded. Their wife loves them now. Their kids love them. They have a private jet now, or they eat eggs in front of an ocean on a laptop, like (laughs) because of this one thing. And you hear it over and over and over. And because you hear it over and over, your brain starts to believe it, law of repetition. And now when you're doing your thing, your real estate, your Shopify, your agency, whatever it is, when it's hard and there's so much stuff you have to figure out, your brain is like, something's wrong here because those other people I saw in that webinar or that ad, they just had one thing and it worked for them. And I have so many things. So Like maybe I'm making this way harder than I need to be. Maybe there's something easier that I should go find. And so your brain starts to look for easier things. And instead of uh, seeing it through the valley of despair, you just give up and you go look for something easier. But there's never anything easier. Easy is the myth. Easy is the myth. Do you understand? But if you keep believing that easy is real and it's out there and if you could just find it, you'd succeed, you will always give up in the valley of despair and you will always be stuck in the shiny object syndrome loop. And by the way, this is like, I am in part at fault for this. Like I, in many ads, I don't do it as much anymore, but definitely when I was younger, I had a lot of ads where I talked about one thing. In fact, there was an ad that I made in 2017 for my book, Higher Status. It was our free plus shipping offer for Higher Status. And the ad ran on YouTube. Um, and it was all about the one thing. If you just figure out this one thing and you get the girls, the life, etc. The one thing was higher status, which is what the book was about. And that ad was seen uh, over 11 million times that year. And it drove tens of thousands of customers to us. Um, and so I was like, marketers say the one thing because it works really, really well. Right. And in fact, you watch my Instagram stories, right? I'm looking for a few people um, who want to make this amount of money just by typing messages. Typing messages is the one thing right now. When someone joins Money Boss, for instance, they get in, I, I talk to them immediately and I go, listen, there's this one thing that that you do when you are marketing. I did it to get you here. And now I want you to know that, yes, typing messages is the, the one thing. It's the main thing. There are other things you have to learn. And there's no business in the world where there's only one thing. Where you're making real money. You wanna make, you know, eight dollars an hour, ten bucks an hour, you can do one thing, that's fine. But if you want freedom and earn a full time income from home and more, you have to do more than one thing. Right. And so like I, I don't blame but like I am a part of it. I think we're all a part of it. Um, even if you look at like Hollywood and they're talking about, you know, the a Kardashian or something, right? And it's just like, oh, it's just her butt, right? It's just her butt, one thing. She just got a butt. No, she's got a mom and she's got a team that's amazing at PR, right? And it and it creating storylines that the majority of the American public like just can't resist in terms of gossip, right? There's a lot that goes into it, but everyone positions this is one thing. So if your brain thinks there's one thing, then you're going to much be much more likely to give up and when you hit the valley of despair, which you will always hit. I like to think about Joseph Campbell in this time. Joseph Campbell wrote the book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. He researched mythology, brilliant, brilliant philosopher and teacher. And he talked about the hero's journey. And he said a big part of the hero's journey um, for them to succeed is they need to enter the cave, right? The quote he said was, in the cave you fear lies the treasure you seek. In the cave you fear lies the treasure you seek. I shorten it and I just say face Vader. Meaning uh, Star Wars was actually based on Joseph Campbell's work, The Hero's Journey. And Luke Skywalker, he's the one going through The Hero's Journey in that movie. And him, the, the cave he fears 
where the treasure he seeks lies is facing Darth Vader, right? So for all of us, we have to face our own Vader. That is the, the Valley of Despair is Vader. So when the Valley of Despair shows its face, you go, fuck it. I'm doing this. I'm going to face Vader. I'm going to go through him. Just like Luke, I'm going to go through him because on the other side of him lies the treasure I seek, lies my success, right? So now when you enter the Valley of Despair, you're not like, fuck, this is hard. I think I can't do it. You go, fuck, yes. Now I'm in the Valley of Despair. Finally, I made it here so I can get through this so that I can get to success, right? On my, in my team, in my companies, we have a value we call the acidity habit. Char- uh, acidity is Charlie Munger, the billionaire, his favorite word. He says because acidity means exactly how it's spelled, right? It's A-S-S at the start and acidity basically means you sit on your ass and you just do the work until you're done. Right. And so when you are facing Vader, the and in the valley of despair, the temptation is to check Instagram or check TikTok or go on your phone or play a video game or do something to distract yourself from the, the thing you are fearing or the, the pain, the boredom, whatever it is. And in that moment, you know, like may your may your assiduity be stronger than your distraction. Sit on your butt. Do the fucking work until you get it done. And that is the skill that lets you get past the valley of despair. When I was 23 years old, I was living in a tiny apartment in Santa Monica, California with uh, my roommate, David Sinek. And uh, I had a goal to, I I was a dating coach and I would take guys out in person, you know, Santa Monica promenade, help them meet girls and, and all that stuff. And I wanted to take my dating business online. I wanted to productize it with books and courses and things like that because I was just tired of, of doing it in person. Um, and as I was starting to launch my online business, it sucked and it failed and it wasn't working. And I had this, uh, this, like this moment, this Valley of despair moment. One night I was there, David wasn't there. I was all alone. I was working and it was like a, we just done, basically I'd poured almost the last money I had into making it work and on an experiment and the experiment looked like it was failing. And I was so ready to just give up. I was like, I'll just be a in-person dating coach. It'll suck, but whatever. Um, and back then, I used to often go to Hooters, and I liked Hooters because there was a lot of pretty girls, and I was good at talking to them, and so on and so forth. And so I was like, I'm just gonna go to Hooters and see, you know, the girls I know there. And so, like, I put on my jacket and my boots, and I go to leave my apartment. And I'll never forget. I go to open the door to leave my apartment. Um, there's a girl, Yasmin, I knew there, who I was kind of like seeing, and I was gonna go see her. And uh, my hand goes to open the door. And it stops like six inches shy of the doorknob. And I just freeze. My hand doesn't open the door. My hand doesn't move. I'm staring at my hand. I'm imagining if someone was looking at me right now, they'd be like, is he frozen? Like, what's going on with him? And I stood there for like three minutes. And for some reason, I don't know what it was, some force or something. I could not get myself to open that door and walk out. It was like my brain, my, uh, my subconscious knew like, Jason, if you open that door and you go see this girl and you just keep doing that thing, you will never be a millionaire. You will never have the financial freedom and the lifestyle that you have decided you want for yourself. Like this isn't a decision of work on your laptop or go to Hooters and see Yasmin. This is become a millionaire or lead a life of mediocrity. You choose. And my hand went out, open that door. It refused. And so in 
confusion and shame and anger. I take the jacket off. I throw it on the ground. I take my boots off. I go back to that fucking computer and I put my butt down and I don't get up until I figure out a solution. Now, my solution at that time um, was to take the remaining money that I had, which was about $3,000 and to uh, email an expert who I was like, maybe he can help me with this. I gave him the last money I had. His name was John Benson. Um, He helped me with it for $3,000 and lo and behold, it actually worked. Uh, And I was a millionaire about seven or eight months later. Um, My point here is that was me learning how to get through the valley of despair. That was it. And since then, I've gone through a lot of transformations. I've shed a lot of skin many, many times um, with different skills and different identities and so on and so forth. But every single time, I always meet the valley of despair. But I know how to get through it now. Right. And I want you to have that, too, because if you can master this of getting through the valley of despair yourself, you'll be able to grow this business. You'll be able to lose that weight, get that six pack, you know, strengthen that relationship, whatever it might be. And then not only will you get that, but you'll have the ability to acquire or build acquire any new skill, build any new business or so on and so forth. And so as we wrap up here, I want to give you just a couple tactics that I think can actually help you when you are meeting Vader, when you are facing the cave, when you are facing the valley of despair, right? So uh, I used to be a dating coach in my early 20s. And one of the things we used to teach guys was to change her mood and not her mind, meaning um, don't argue with a woman because they're really, really good at it. And you'll probably lose um, because they play by different rules, by the way. Uh, But in addition, it's the rule was like, instead of arguing logically, just change the mood. And then the mind changes. Also, we know this, you ever been a bad mood and someone like makes a joke, and you can't help but laugh. And all of a sudden, you're not angry anymore. And you're more open to like, change the mood, not the mind. So my here is like, when you're facing the valley of despair, change your mood, not your mind. So instead of you sitting there being like, I should work on this, but I'm not working on this. Why am I so lazy? Why do I procrastinate so much? Why can't I just get myself to do this? Instead of trying to argue with yourself and change your mind with your mind, forget about it and change your mood and your mind will follow. This is another way of saying change your state, your emotional state, change your state. And so the tactic here, when you're in the valley of despair, when you're like, I don't think I can do it, that's when you absolutely most need to change your state, change your mood, and then you're going to do the rule of three. All right, so how do you change your mood? How do you change your state when that valley of despair comes up? You do something big and physical. Do 20 push-ups. Bark. I like to bark. I'm weird. Whatever. Uh, you can dance for a minute. You can do yoga for two minutes. You can do a breathing exercise. Do a Wim Hof exercise. You can just shake your body out like a crazy person for, for 60 seconds. Just something to change your state, to loosen the jar, so to speak. And once you've done that, then you immediately enter the rule of three. What is the rule of three, Jason? Ah, great question. The rule of three is this. You pick out three small things that you know you can do and you do them in a row. One, two, three. And the point here is we're trying to build momentum. See, you're going to get past the valley of despair. You're going to start, you're going to stop procrastinating. You're going to start getting shit done the way that you know you can and should by using momentum to your advantage. And the way you build momentum is with small wins. You want to stack a few small wins on top of each other and that equals momentum. And so what you do here is the rule of three, It's three small wins. And they can be really, really small things to build momentum. So like for me, every morning when I wake up, I get my small wins in right away and I start my day momentously. I wake up, first thing I do is I drink water. That's a win for me, right? I drink water, that's a win for me. The next thing I do is I 
put on my shoes. Both of them. All right. I'm bragging now. <laughs> That's the second win. I drank water. Now I put on shoes. And the third thing is I open the door and I step outside. And that's the third win. Now, once I'm outside, I got water, my shoes are on, I go for my morning walk, right? I usually walk for about 40 minutes every morning just to like clear my mind. It's a good way to start the day for me. But then my day starts off very momentously. And look at my wins. Were they hard? Were they of high standard? Are you impressed with them? You shouldn't be. They're really simple. I drank water, I put on my shoes, and I, I stepped outside. But those three things, it's like one, two, three. Now I got some momentum. And so anytime during the day where I don't feel like I'm tired, I don't feel like I can do it, I change my state. And then I'm like, all right, three small wins. What are they going to be? I'm going to grab my yellow legal pad and a pen. That's the first one. I'm going to put on classical music on my headphones so I'm not distracted. That's the second one. And then I'm going to journal on my yellow legal pad for one minute. That's it. And I'm, the deal you make, your, I make with myself, the deal you're going to make with yourself in the rule of three is you're going to say, hey, I'm going to do these three things right now. And when I'm done with all three, if I want to stop and go back to doing whatever I was doing before, I have full freedom and I can totally do that. And if I want to keep going with what I'm already doing, then I can totally do that too. And here's a little secret between you and me. After you do the rule of three, three small wins, you're not going to want to stop. You're going to want to keep going. This trick is magical. It is really, really magical. All right. So you change your state, you do the rule of three and you destroy the valley of despair. All right. Okay. That is it for episode one. Hope you got a ton of value out of this one. If you did, I'm trying to get this podcast out there into the ears and hearts of more people. Can you just leave a quick review for the podcast? If you got a lot of value from it, can you let people know and give it a five star? If you think it was a five star, if you got value from it, can you leave a review? Yes, you're amazing. We know. Yes, you are. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm done. Um, hope you got a ton of value out of that one. Seriously, leave a review or comment if you did enjoy it. I love you so much and I uh, hope that um, you're putting it in the back of your mind right now. Like, yo, this podcast is awesome. I can't wait for episode two. I'm gonna listen to that. Episode three, let's get into a rhythm momentum here as well. I'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, did you like this podcast? If you did, you got to check out my Money Boss case study group. So right now, my team and I are looking to work closely with a few more podcast listeners like you who want to earn an extra three to four grand per month from home typing messages on their phone. If you would like more details, go to my Instagram at Jason Capital and just message me the word podcast and me or my team will message you back all of the details again if you're interested just go to my instagram it's at jason capital just dm me the word podcast that's the code word and we'll message you back all the details right away i would love to work closer with you in money boss i'll see you there